Hello and welcome back to Have You Seen It? I'm Maggie and in this episode I have a drama from South Africa to tell you about. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, so before I jump into this week's show, I just want to mention that I released a bonus episode last week. If you missed it, you should definitely go check it out. I sat down with my two friends, Kyle and Elena, and we talked about the French show Lupin, and it was so much fun. They did an amazing job telling me all about it, so definitely go and check it out. So this week's show, it is called Agent. It came out in 2019. It is a sidebar studio's identical pictures and protagonist production. On some sites, it says it's a South African and Mauritius co-production. And on other sites, it says it's just from South Africa. They do visit Mauritius in some of the episodes, but I don't think just because they visit a country or film part of the show in that country, it makes it from that country. And most of like, I don't want to say official websites, but the websites I go to more for that information of what show each country is from did say it's just from South Africa. So you can say it's South African and Mauritius or just from South Africa, but um, I'm going to call it a South African show. If you know any information that proves otherwise, please let me know and I will make the correction. It was created by Athos Kirakidis. There is one season and it has 13 episodes. All are about 48 minutes long. It aired on SABC1 in South Africa and on Canal Plus in France, and it is available worldwide on Netflix. This show takes place mainly in Johannesburg Metropolitan Municipality in South Africa, which is made up of the city of Johannesburg and the surrounding suburbs. You see Blaze drive around to different places, like his office is in Santon, which is in an urban suburb north of the city. He goes to Pretoria to meet with the owner of one of the clubs that his clients plays for. Of course, he goes to Johannesburg, but he really bounces around to different places, and they do show you the names on like the exit signs, which I thought was pretty cool. And South Africa, for those that don't know, is the southernmost country in Africa. It shares a border with six countries. It has Namibia to the northwest, Botswana to the north, Mozambique, Swaziland, and Zimbabwe to the northeast. And it completely surrounds Lesotho, which is in the eastern part of the country. The show that takes place the closest to where this one takes place is the South African show Shadow, which also takes place in Johannesburg. I covered that show in episode 9. The second closest show is Crazy Lovely Cool, which takes place in Insaka, Nigeria. It's not really that close. It's an 85-hour car ride or a 10.5-hour flight to Lagos, plus an additional 10-hour car ride to reach Insaka. That would be like driving from Santiago, Panama to Boston, or from Boston to LA and back, or flying from Boston to Warsaw, Poland, and then driving to Munich, Germany. I think we can agree that none of those are close to each other, but I'm going to put it in the picture where I show you guys where these all take place on Instagram so you can see them and you can see kind of like they're really not that close. Some fun facts about South Africa. It is the only country in the world with three capital cities. It's because the government is divided into three different sections, judicial, administrative, and legislative. Cape Town is the judicial capital. Pretoria is the administrative capital. Bloemfontein is the legislative capital, and parliament meetings are held in both Cape Town and Pretoria. Each city's hosts meeting for six months. That's a lot, if you ask me. South Africa is the only country that has two Nobel Prize winners that lived on the same street. The street is Vilakazi Street, and it is in Soweto, which is a township of the city of 
Johannesburg, and it is to the southwest of the city. The two winners were Nelson Mandela and Archbishop Desmond Tutu. They won their awards nine years apart. Tutu won for his nonviolent fight against apartheid, and Mandela won his with F.W. de Klerk, who was the president at the time in South Africa in 1993, for their roles in peacefully ending apartheid. South Africa is also the only country that has hosted the soccer, cricket, and rugby World Cups. In 1967, the first heart transplant was performed in Cape Town by Dr. Christian Bernard, and the recipient was Louis Washkonsky. And finally, the oldest human remains were found in South Africa and are believed to be over 160,000 years old. They speak a lot of different languages in this show. The two main ones are English and Zulu, but they also speak French, vernacular, Yoruba, and Afrikaans. There are no audio alternatives and subtitles are available in closed caption English, Spanish, traditional Chinese, simplified Chinese, and German. The show is rated TVMA, and the disclaimers that Netflix gives for the show are nudity, sexual violence, substance, language, and smoking. There's also a disclaimer at the beginning of the episodes that say the people, characters, companies, and clubs in this series are purely fictional. Any resemblance to any person, company, club, or situation is coincidental. Again, the sexual violence, I just want to backtrack on that. It is rape, so be aware of that before watching the show. The links to all the websites where I got the information for this show, the fun facts, and any other information that I did not use my memory for are going to be linked in the description of this episode as well as in the caption for the post that I made for the show on Instagram. I'd like to introduce you to the guys. Meet Russ. So real quick, guys, follow us on Twitter at NAU underscore podcast and on IG at Nameless follow. Famous. Use the hashtag Nameless and Famous. Email the show. We'll, we'll, we'll send you a sheet of our new pog giveaway. This is Clark. We may or may not have shot off illegal fireworks. We may or may not. <laughs> just, just how about this? Everything I say, there's a may or may not in front of. Aw, of course, Rojo. That's right. It's Random Ass News, as we always love to bring you the most random, random crazy stories. Florida man, angry over gift shop's mask rule, exposes himself in front of children. And well, you have to watch out what you say around ADM. Okay, I just have you guys know this has 5% alcohol in it, okay? Russell, it might have 5% alcohol, but you are 100% bitch. What's your name? <laughs> what? My name. What's the name of our podcast? Wait, wait. Nameless. And unfamous for the cast this week i'm just gonna go over them pretty simple first up is the main protagonist blaze that is his nickname that was given to him when he was a professional footballer i'm not gonna tell you why he got that name but they do explain it in a later episode his real name is slindile but there aren't many people that call him that but he is now an agent at ace management he's played by k sabia and his clients who bring him both problems with their careers and their personal lives are Lesejo, who is played by Sisanda Hena, and he is the captain of the Mawar United Club. He and Blaze played together on the same team before Blaze got injured. Another client is Hervé, who is played by Yannick Konin. He is Blaze's youngest client. He is from the Ivory Coast and is in his first year playing professional football. So he's trying to learn the ropes and what to do and what not to do. And he's on the same team as Lesejo, which makes it difficult for both Hervé and Blaze. And finally, Vuyo, who is played by Tabo Malima. He plays for a different team than Lesejo and Hervé. He plays for Apollo FC. But Blaze works for Christopher, who is played by Anthony Osemi, and it's his agency that Blaze is a part of. 
Another agent we see is Jean-Pierre, who is played by Virgil Bramley. He works for the same agency as Blaze and is a constant thorn in Blaze's side throughout the whole show. The next important character is Natalie. She is a police officer that Blaze meets at a club. They have a pretty complicated relationship throughout the show, and she is played by Taryn Vinehard. Some other characters that we see throughout the show are Goldie, who is played by Pamela Malone, and she works with Blaze. I don't know exactly what her job title is, but she's sort of his secretary, but more important. Gaudi helps save Blaze's ass a lot, basically. Mila, who is played by Michaela Russell, she is friends with Blaze and she wants to be an actress and she helps Blaze as well in the show. Jade, who is played by Vinaya Sunkor, she is an online soccer reporter who has all the inside knowledge about what is going on in the soccer world. She and Blaze are friends and she helps keep him in the loop with certain details. Blaze really is lucky to have all of these women in his life helping him out. I really don't know if without them he'd be able to keep his job because they bail him out so many different times. Next is Zoe Zanti. She is the owner of Apollo FC and she and Blaze have a good relationship, but she isn't too happy that he didn't come and work for her. So she doesn't really help him when he needs it. And she's played by Sarah Koslowski. Walter Mbebe is the owner of Marlboro United. He has a great relationship with Blaze. Blaze did play for him before he got hurt, so it does make sense. He is played by Owen Sajaki, and he's getting a little older and closer to retirement, so we also see his son, Polani Mbebe, try to play a role in controlling the team and who it signs, who it plays in the game, stuff like that. And he is played by Zuele Dub. Next is Nina. She is Lesejo's girlfriend, and she is played by Mani Malone. Kim is Vuyo's wife. Blaze was the best man at their wedding, and she is played by Pabi Mogenedi. And finally, Monty, he is a security guard who again helps Blaze, and he asks Blaze to help him get a better job in return, and he is played by Robert Mpisi. The pictures of the actors will be up on Instagram if you guys want to see what they look like, if you recognize any of them, so go and check that out. Now, let's talk how the show is set up and how we meet the more important characters a little bit. But first, the description that Netflix gives for the show, and it is a former footballer tries to make it as a player agent in the world of African soccer, but a secret from his past threatens to destroy everything. Obviously, I won't be getting into that secret at all in this episode, but it is something that is talked about quite a bit throughout the season without directly talking about what it actually is. But the episodes open up with that disclaimer that I mentioned earlier, which is the people, characters, companies, and clubs in this series are purely fictional. Any resemblance to any person, company, club, or situation is coincidental. Now, they do mention real players, but from what I could find online, the two main clubs that are featured in the show are fictional. I know that they aren't in the top tier of South African football, but the lower leagues have hundreds and hundreds of teams, so I might have missed them, but I don't think I did. But they are supposed to be in the top tier of South African football, so as far as that tier goes, they do not exist. But the first thing we see is a hazy shot of two people making out with the song Anybody Wanna Party by Gloria Gaynor playing. And that song plays an important part of Blaze's storyline in the show. But then we hear an alarm go off and it's the next morning and we see that it's 518 in the morning and the alarm title is Transfer Deadline Day Urgent. 
And then we see Blaze wake up in a bedroom that's not his next to a woman who is sleeping next to him. And he looks really confused and he gets dressed and then he leaves, but he leaves a set of his keys on the couch. And when he walks out, he's about to walk down the stairs, but turns around quickly and sees the outline of two hands on the door of the woman's apartment. They're done in lipstick. And when he puts his hands in the tracing, he has like a blurry flashback of when the woman traced his hands the night before. And then he gets to the street. He once again is confused because he doesn't remember where his car is. And he kind of starts to walk away from the place and a man stops him and asks him if he's looking for his car. And Blaze looks at him like, how do you know that? And when Blaze says yes, the man tells him to follow him and he brings him to his car, which has definitely been in better shape. Blaze's car is a 1971 cherry red MG Midget convertible Roadster. And as he and the man are walking to it, the man says that as soon as he saw the car, he needed to know who the owner was. And Blaze asks him how he knows it's his car, which he doesn't really answer, but he says it stands out from the rest, like you, Master Blaze. And when Blaze goes to ask him how he knows his name, they come around a corner and there's the car up against a pole. I don't know if you could say it's crashed into the pole, which is like a street sign pole, not a utility pole. And it's not bent at all, so unless it's the world's strongest pole, it seems more like it came to a stop while it was rolling. But there's definitely front end damage, and the name Natalie is written in lipstick on the windshield. And when Blaze goes to pay the guy for helping him, the guy's like, don't worry, you can repay me next time. And Blaze is like, how do you know there's going to be a next time? And the guy is just like, you'll be back. And then he walks away. And Blaze is standing there like, what the fuck? And then when he turns and he sees the name on the windshield, he again has a flashback to the night before of when the woman rode on his windshield and left a kiss next to it. Then we see the date, January 31st. And I would normally mention this in the things that stand out to me, but I'm going to mention it now because I'm fairly certain on his phone in the morning when we saw the alarm go off, it says Wednesday, January 31st, and then the year. I couldn't really tell what the year was on my laptop, but here it says the 31st of January, Tuesday. So on this screen that the date pops up on. This show came out in late 2019 and I believe it takes place in 2018. January 31st was on a Wednesday in 2018, which fits what the phone says. And January 31st was on a Wednesday in 2019, which could be the year because shows often take place in the same year they're released, so it's believable. But it was a Tuesday in 2017, so maybe the show takes place in 2017. I don't know if it really matters the year that this show takes place. It, it's not really like the deciding factor. It's not important to the storyline, but it's just something that bothers me a little bit, which is why I'm mentioning it. So I'm going to guess they filmed in 2018. Maybe it's based in 2017, but it came out in 2019. I don't really know. But we see Blaze driving his car. I mentioned that he left a set of keys at the woman's apartment. It wasn't his car keys. It was another set of keys. I don't know what those keys go to. I was confused about it, but those forgotten keys do come back in this episode later. But anyways, he meets up with Lasejo at a restaurant and the interaction between the two of them is tense. Blaze isn't happy about what happened the night before and Lasejo is an asshole. 
Now, this is the first time we hear about that secret that's mentioned in the description, and Lisejo throws part of the secret in Blaze's face when Blaze expresses his frustration with what happened after he heard the Gloria Gaynor song that was playing earlier in the episode at the club that they were at the previous night. And Lisejo tells him to let it go, it's just a song, and Blaze says he can't because whenever he hears it, he thinks about the other part of the secret. And after Lisejo throws part of the secret in Blaze's face, you can see Blaze is angry and Lisejo's like, chill out, man. You ended up with the girl anyways, no worries. Well, Lisejo's an asshole, so he actually says the bitch and not the girl. But he then tells Blaze that he needs him on tap for the day, which, which basically means at his beck and call. And Blaze is like, I can't today, I'm super busy. And Lisejo goes, who butters your bread? And Blaze is like, you do know what today is, right? And Lisejo basically is like, I don't give a fuck. I'm your biggest client. 80% of what you make comes from me. So you'll do what I say. And because of the secret, Blaze doesn't fight him. Though based on what the secret is, it should be Lisejo who's at Blaze's beck and call. But he's an asshole with no heart. So after he leaves Lisejo, we see Blaze pull into a parking garage. And this is when we meet Jean-Pierre, who is at his car. And what at first seems like a friendly conversation turns when Blaze tells Jean-Pierre that he knows he's trying to steal all of his clients. And Jean-Pierre is like, all of two of your clients? And they go back and forth a bit. And then Jean-Pierre is like, I get who I want, when I want, how I want. And then he tells Blaze that he's going to destroy him. So you can tell right away that these two are just the best of friends and that there will absolutely be no further confrontations between the two at all at any point in this show. The next person we meet on Blaze's journey to actually making it to his office is Godie, who is not happy with him. She says she's been trying to call him since four in the morning and then asks him what the hell happened. And he says it's a long story and that he isn't sure if he remembers most of it. And Gotti is like, are you wearing the same clothes from yesterday? And she points out that he is missing buttons and of all the days to do this, he chooses today. And he says, it's not like he planned it. And he does call her mom, but I don't think she is actually his mother. I think he's saying it sarcastically, like, okay, mom. But she tells him that Chris wants to see him right away. And the first thing that Christopher says to him is that he's late and that he looks like shit when he walks into his office. So they have a very warm relationship as well. And Blaze says that if the meeting is about Jean-Pierre or JP, which is what he calls him, then he knows and he's glad. I think he's talking about how JP is trying to steal his clients and Chris tells him that he shouldn't be because Blaze has been with the company since it started 18 months ago and only has two clients and JP has been with the agency for three months and already has 16. And Blaze points out that he already had 10 and then says that JP doesn't care about his clients and Chris says that he doesn't care if Blaze does care about his and that their business is about results and Blaze isn't getting them. And then they go back and forth a little bit. We find out that Chris knows about the secret that's plaguing Blaze's mind. And Chris tells him that he has 18 hours until the transfer window closes. And if he doesn't keep his two clients, Lesejo and Vuyo, and close the deal with his potential third client, Herve, they are done. Chris is the one that gave Blaze the money to start Ace Management. So without Chris's support, Blaze loses it all. And this meeting sets up the intensity for the rest of the episode. And of course, Nothing goes right for Blaze. The personal drama of Lesejo and Vuyo throw some pretty big bumps in Blaze's struggle with preventing JP from stealing Hardway from him before the deadline. 
and he also has his own personal struggles to work through. Throughout the whole episode, he keeps getting flashbacks of the night before, and Gaudi tells him that she's planning on leaving him because she started working for him because she believed in him, but the fighter that he was when they started has disappeared. And she says, how can I believe in you when you don't believe in yourself? And then she says that she will give him till the end of the day to prove that he never lost his edge. Now, we do see him meet Zoe before the intro plays. Yes, the intro doesn't play until almost 16 minutes into the first episode. I'm not going to tell you exactly what they talk about in that meeting. It does have to do with Vuyo and his wife, Kim. There's a bit of uh, infidelity in that situation but after that we see blaze in a new suit and he dresses like he lives in the 1970s it's why his car is from 1971 his apartment looks like it comes from the 70s and the music he listens to and that displayed throughout the show is from the 70s as well if you look at the picture art for the show it looks like it should take place in the 70s but the show doesn't take place in the 70s blaze takes place in the 70s I don't want to say what Blaze has to deal with in the rest of the show because it spoils some of the things that he has to deal with in the first episode. So I am going to leave it at that. Before I get to my likes and dislikes, here's a promo for my friends Joe and Chris from the Rank Bank podcast. They're in between seasons right now, but you should definitely go and check them out so that you are all caught up before the new season comes out. Hello, lovely listeners. Buenos dias. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Have You Seen It? C'est très bien. Oh, Chris has been insufferable using phrases from all the international TV he's been watching recently. You assisted tantos. So if you want something to listen to while your other half watches series after series... Moto, moto, moto. Then give the Rank Bank podcast a try. Each week, we have two guests, four great games, and loads of fun and laughs. So find us wherever you get your podcasts, or on Twitter at RankBankPod. We hope you enjoy the Rank Bank podcast as much as you enjoy the wonderful Have You Seen It? Tuck. Oh, stop it, Chris. Hit shoulder gong. Okay, so for my likes and dislikes for this show, it started off good, I was interested, and then it just got worse. And by the end, it was not that good in my opinion. The storylines got pretty weird and unnecessarily crazy. There were some things that happened out of nowhere and were never addressed before, but it was like handled like it was a storyline that had been developing the whole season. It's like, no, 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 you need to explain like where the hell this came from. There were some storylines that it felt like they forgot about them completely and then threw them randomly in episodes to keep it going. And they were like, oh shit, that's right. Like throw that in there like there were some that kept taking left turn after left turn after left turn when they were heading towards an interesting ending and it would just erase the momentum for a really good storyline and it was just kind of annoying the acting wasn't the best at times it was really really bad the main cast did a pretty good job for the most part but some of the side characters one in particular was bad every time he was on screen but there were some really good moments in acting. It's just the bad acting outweighed the good acting for me. There were some continuity errors that were pretty noticeable to me. And that stuff kind of drives me crazy because it's like, come on. You're telling me nobody noticed or they did notice and they were just like, ah, let's hope that nobody else noticed it. The best thing about the show was the music that played throughout the show, which was, like I said, mainly from the 1970s. I feel like this could have been a really good show. 
I liked how they brought in some parts of Zulu culture into the show. I'm not gonna tell you how because I would spoil it, but I thought that was cool. I also liked how they spoke several different languages. I brought that up the last time I covered a South African show, and in this show it was even more prominent. They speak a lot more Zulu in this show than they did in Shadow, which is why in a few minutes I was able to pick up some more words. I didn't think it was a bad show, but if they do have a second season, I probably won't watch it. It ended up in a bit of a cliffhanger, which was interesting, but overall I would say this show was easily not my favorite show that I've covered. But it also wasn't my least favorite show because I don't know if there will ever be a show that can dethrone Hong Kong West Side Stories for that place because that show, I hate that show. But if you guys do watch this show, then let me know what you liked or what you didn't like about it. For things that stood out to me while watching this show, the first was the fact that Blaze is a huge Liverpool fan. He has a Liverpool tattoo on his chest. It's the letters Y-N-W-A in red, and it means you'll never walk alone, which is a song from the 1945 Rodgers and Hammerstein musical Carousel. And it started to be sung on game days in Liverpool after the local group Gary and the Peacemakers released the cover of the song in 1963. And it was called Liverpool's Signature Tune by Kenneth Wollstenholm in 1965 when Liverpool fans sang the song to the club in the FA Cup final that year, which was Liverpool's first cup win. And now it's the official motto and is on the club's coat of arms. If you've never heard it being sung at Anfield, go and find this video because it gives me chills every time. Also, having Blaze be a fan of Liverpool made me happy as well as a fellow Red supporter. He's the second character in these shows that I've watched that is a Liverpool fan. The second one will come in a few weeks, in a few episodes, from the Indian show Little Things. But I was really happy when I saw that YNWA tattoo on his chest. They also mentioned several famous coaches and athletes like Jurgen Klopp, who was the manager of Liverpool in the Premier League, Thierry Henry, who, when this show was filmed, was the manager of Monaco and Liga 1, which is the top tier in French football, and was most recently the manager of CF Montreal, formerly the Montreal Impact, before stepping down for family reasons. But they also mentioned Messi, Roger Federer, Ronaldo, Antoine Griezmann, as well as some other players. So if you watch the show, keep an ear out for any other famous athletes and coaches you might know. Another thing that stood out to me was the fact that they call football soccer at times in the show. And it wasn't in an Americans are stupid for calling it soccer type of way, but just calling it soccer. I'm not sure if I mentioned this the last time I covered a show based on and around soccer, which was the Mexican show Club de Cuervos, but Americans did not come up with the name soccer. Yes, we call it soccer because we already have football, but we did not come up with the name soccer. It was the British that called it that because it was short for association football. The SOC in soccer is from the SOC in association. American football had already existed and was very popular in the States before soccer started to become more popular here. And when Americans asked the British, what do you call this sport? They said soccer. So Americans were like, oh, cool, we'll call it soccer. And it wasn't until the world was like, ew, why do Americans call football soccer that the British were like, yeah, <laughs> that's so dumb. Who, 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 would, who would call it that? And we were like, what? You, you said, you, you, you do, you, you, you call it that. And Britain was like, no, we've never called it that. And again, the world was like, 
why do you have to be different? You always try to be different. And we were like, wait a minute. We already have a sport called football. And the world was like, yeah, but you don't play that with your feet, you dumb Americans. And we were like, well, first of all, it's called football because the length of the ball is 12 inches, which is a foot. And that's how we measure the distance from the initial line of scrimmage to the first down marker, which is 10 yards or 30 feet or 30 football lengths down the field. And when we first started playing the game, we didn't have lines on the field marking every yard. So it was easier to just use the length of the ball. And second of all, we didn't come up with the term soccer the British did. That's what they told us the sport was called. And again, Britain was like, no, that's not true. And that's why the world laughs at us for calling football soccer. And I don't blame the world for laughing at us for a lot of things, okay? But this smear campaign being carried out by the British is one that I will not allow to continue anymore. Because first of all, Americans are not the only country. We're not the only people that call soccer, soccer. Canadians call it soccer. Irish, primarily in Northern Ireland, call it soccer. South Africans call it soccer. Australians call it soccer. New Zealanders call it soccer. And we all have one thing in common. So, if you want to get mad at anybody for calling football soccer, then get mad at the British. Blame the British. When in doubt, blame the British. And before anybody's like, she's just being a defensive American. I was on the same train as the rest of the world being like, this is dumb. Why do we call it soccer when they all call it football? What happened? Until I wrote a paper about it in my sports and politics class in college, which was literally about how soccer came to the United States and how the influence of immigrants helped build its popularity in certain areas of the country over other areas of the country. So if you want the work cited page for that paper, I'm sure I can probably dig it up somewhere and post it for you. But that is the truth. The British did bring it over here to the United States. They called it soccer for association soccer. We asked them. They said soccer. The world laughed at us. The British were like, oh yeah, that's so dumb. And then we got painted as the only country that calls it soccer, even though we're not. Moving on. One non-soccer thing that I noticed was when Blaze calls the elevator to go up to Christopher's office, he punches in the floor level he wants to go to before the elevator even gets there. We just have like up and down buttons and when we get in the elevator, we put the floor number in. So that was different and kind of cool, to be honest. It was kind of felt a little uh, futuristic to me. And the last thing that stood out to me is also my favorite. And it's that Lesejo says, excuse my Swahili instead of excuse my French at one point in the show. I always wonder what language other countries say when they swear and then like they say sorry. I just said what we say here in the United States, which is excuse my French. If you guys say something else in your country, then let me know. Again, it was kind of funny when he caught me off guard when he said excuse my Swahili because I was just expecting him to say excuse my French. If you guys watch the show, anything stands out to you that I didn't mention then let me know that as well. Now for my favorite part, words and phrases. I have a couple Zulu words, military slang, and a phrase that was described as vernacular, but I'm not 100% sure if it is, if it isn't. It was kind of hard to figure that out, but it was easy to pick up and you'll see why in a minute. The last time I covered a South African show, Shadow, I was only able to pick up the word Saobona, which means hello. And I was only able to get that one word because they mostly spoke English in that show, but they spoke a lot more Zulu in this show. 
so I was able to get a couple of more. The first is the word Ungazawele, which is spelt U-N-G-I-Z-W-I-L-E, which means you heard me. The next is the word Puma, which is spelled P-H-U-M-A, and it means get out. The next three words have sounds that we don't have in spoken English. One is a voiceless alveolar lateral fricative. The other two have clicks. We use the clicks, just not in any words. And I'll give examples when going over those words. Now, if you remember from the episode I did about the show shadow, I went over the different clicks and what letters represent them, C, Q, and X. I think I focused more on Tosa than Zulu, but they are similar in Zulu. Tosa has three more clicks than Zulu, which has 15 different clicks. But before I get to those words, first, the phrase that uses the voiceless alveolar lateral fricative and it is Shalapanzi, spelled H-L-A-L-A space P-H-A-N-S-I, and it means sit down. We don't have that sound in English, but it is also in languages like Navajo, the Tronier dialect of Norwegian, the Tashian dialect of Chinese, Welsh, Chickasaw, by some Cherokee speakers as well as other languages around the world. And when I first heard Blaze say Shalapanzi, I thought he said Selapans but I always double check to make sure that I'm saying the right thing and not saying something like super offensive by accident. And I usually try to say what I think I hear into Google Translate to see if it pops up. And if it does, great. If it doesn't, then I have to try to see if I can find out if I'm saying it wrong or it's maybe some slang or the wrong translation. And for this one, Celapons did not come up. So I typed in sit down and translated it from English to Zulu, and when I saw the way Shalapanzi was spelt, I was like, I don't think I have that one right. Like, I don't, I don't know how I messed that up so badly, because again, it's H-L-A-L-A, so Shala, but thankfully there are websites that have pronunciation guides for almost every language, and the one that I found for Zulu helped me out a lot with that one, so again, Shalapanzi. The way that you create the sound is by grinning slightly, Put your tongue to the back of your teeth and blow out. So the air should come out from both sides. Obviously, I'm not used to it, so it probably doesn't sound perfect, but that's the way that it was described online, so that's the best advice I can give to you. So, shalapanzi. The last two Zulu words are tava, spelled C-H-A-V-A. In the show, it's translated as look, but Google Translate says it means now which I guess makes sense because you can say, now look, which is the context that it's said in the scene. And the click is the dental click that is made by sucking on the front teeth. In American English, it's written as tisk, T-S-K. So again, it is tava. The click is on the letter C. And the other one is ukutoka, spelled U-K-U-X-O-X-A. And it means to chat or to discuss. In the show, it was translated as chat, so we need to chat. And the click is the lateral click, which is made by sucking on the molars on the side of your mouth. We use the click to make a horse go, so again, uku torta. And the click is on the letter X, so uku torta. Now, the last two are the military slang and the word that Vuyu uses when answering his phone, which is described as vernacular. So first is Charlie Foxtrot. I believe they also say CF a few times, but for those that don't know what Charlie Foxtrot means, it means clusterfuck. 
I've never heard it used in everyday conversation, so I was a little thrown when Christopher said it, but if you didn't know, now you know. So if you ever hear somebody describe a situation as a Charlie Foxtrot, they're calling it a clusterfuck. And the last is hola now. That's how you say hello in Spanish, which is why I said it was super easy to pick up. Vernacular isn't a language like the way they make it seem in this show. They make it seem like it is its own official language. It's simply a language spoken by the everyday person in a certain country or region. And the thing with South Africa is that they speak a lot of different languages. Zulu, Xhosa, Afrikaans, Swansa, Songa, English, Northern Sutu, Southern Sutu, Swati, Venda, and Dibeli are all official languages in South Africa. But there are also other languages that are spoken throughout the country, like Portuguese, Arabic, Greek, Sanskrit, and Urdu. And the actor that plays Vuyo, who is really the only character that's described as speaking vernacular, is from South Africa. So it's not like he's from another country that speaks mostly one language that I could narrow it down from. So I don't really know what language he's speaking, but when he answers his phone, he 100% says hola. So there you go. But again, they all are Ungazoele, Puma, Shalapanzi, Hava, Uku, Trota, Charlie Foxtrot, and Ola. If you guys are able to pick up any new words or phrases while watching the show, then let me know. If I made any mistakes with the words or phrases that I just went over, also let me know so I can correct any errors. I know my pronunciation on all of the words were not perfect, but I did try my hardest, so hopefully I got close. Um, for familiar phrases, I wasn't able to recognize any of the actors from this show. If you guys are able to recognize any of them, you can always let me know. I'd love to know where you know them from, if the show that you know them from is available on Netflix so that I can watch it. But that's all I have for you guys for this show. I haven't seen anything about a second season yet, but as soon as I hear any news, then I will let you know. I hope you guys do give this show a chance. If you guys are a soccer fan or a football fan, then you might like this show. If you do give the show a chance, let me know if, what you guys think about it. As always, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at OfficialHYSI. You can check out the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash OfficialHYSI. And if you have any show suggestions or feedback, you can email me at HaveYouSeenIt1 at gmail.com. I hope you all have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend. Stay safe and healthy. And I will see you next week where I will be talking about the sci-fi drama 3% from Brazil. Have you seen it? Because I have. Have you seen it?